Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Without stride in our feet, thank you Lord Jesus, for in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Can we celebrate Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. I believe we can do that better. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Amen. Glory to God forever. Amen and amen. We welcome you to church. Those online. I know we have more people online today than, than physically. Um, we miss you. We hope you come back soon. Um, and... Um, it's been such a joy just hanging around family in this time of the year. Amen. Um, can you welcome your neighbor to church? Tell your neighbor you are home enough for me. You are home enough. Give a hug. Give a high five. You're home enough. You're home enough. <laughs> You're home enough. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Have your seats in God's presence. Amen. Amen. I think I'll just rather come down and teach. Amen. Hallelujah. Hannah, how are you? How's the year for you? In one word. No, you don't stand. It's fine. It was awesome. Uh, that's a cliche word. I want another word. <laughs> how was the year for you? Good. Okay. Sorry, I put you on the spot. So you're finding it difficult to come up with a word. Pastor, how was your year? <laughs> In one word. <laughs> That's PI's favorite sign language. <laughs> Enlightening. Amazing. Amazing. Habib, how, how, how was your year? In one word. <laughs> you saw it coming, yeah? <laughs> in one word packed ah packed not six packs or what packed <laughs> awesome awesome so that was your year beautiful amen amen um I, I believe we've all had very amazing year 2021 and um just like we all know god is not a calendar god all right, he's not a 365 days a year. It's fine, it's fine. Thank you, sir. He's not a 365 days a year type of God that has a schedule and a calendar like we all have. He is a Kairos God. He's a God that begins a year, whichever time of the year, <laughs> and then ends the year, whichever time of the year, and then starts another year, like three years in one year. He can do such things, all right? God is... He's so not bound by time. And that's very important to note. However, we are bound by time. So we have a way of putting perspective to the workings of God in our lives by placing it into calendar years, into chronological formats, so that we can put perspective on the dealings of God in our lives. And so you'd notice that every time that God was dealing with the children of Israel. He told them to write it down, chronicle it, do not forget it. And then you see Moses say things like, you know, on the third month of the, you know, on the third day of the month, Abib, you know, that was one of the commonest months <laughs> in scripture. Um, you know, this was what we did, this was how we did it, just to chronicle it because 
how do we locate you in history without time? That's the only way we can put you in, a, in an address. Else you're just a flux passing through some eternal wavelength that we can't put into context. All right, so time helps us to chronicle things and put things in perspective. And that's why we come around at such times like this just to just chronicle the goodness of God in our lives for the last 365 years and then almost wait in anticipation for what he has in store for us for the next year. Amen. I don't know about you, but I really, really, I look forward to what God has in store for me in the year 2022. It's really huge, really, really huge what he has in store for us. And I want us to be excited about it. You know, the way we get excited when we're about to hear something good, something really amazing, something that is going to be really life-defining. That's exactly how I want you to long and, you know, yearn for the word of God for you in the year 2022. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. The Bible says, for we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All right, the worlds were framed by the word of God. That is the world, the reality that we know it to be today. It was framed by the word of God. To, be, to frame something means to put dimension to pictures, to put dimensions to a reality. All right, something that is just elusive, flying all around, gets framed. That is, it's now dimensionalized. It's now framed. There is now a specification to it. There is a scale to it. There is a resolution to it. There is a length. There is a breadth. There is a height. There is, you know, there is an HD to that thing that was just in a flux state. So the Bible says the world as, you know, elusive as it seems, the Bible says it was dimensionalized. It was framed by the word of God. So that the things that we see we're not made out of the things that did appear so God had the world of course in his heart but before we see what we are seeing today he had to dimensionalize it he had to frame it and the instrument with which he framed the world was with his word what he didn't go to the printing press he didn't send you know a note to a vendor and say do you have a di machine do you have a direct imaging printing machine to help me print out and frame this reality that i have in my head what he did was to just say what he wanted to see and everything he said he saw we understand by faith that the worlds were framed put dimensions on by the word of god such a powerful reality that we can change our worlds. We can change our reality. We can frame our worlds by the word of God. So you can frame the year 2022. You can put a dimension on it so that anything that is not in that dimension, that is knocking at your door, you can say, I didn't frame you. Praise God. You are not part of my frame. So I reject such a reality from being part of my 2022. Because it's not part of what I framed. You, you didn't feature in that picture. What are you doing here? You don't just appear on my frame. I must have framed you. Hallelujah. Job chapter 22 verse 28. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. And the Bible says the light shall fall upon your path. It says when there is a casting down. Glory to God forever. It says when there is a casting down. That means when I look around and everybody seems to be getting cast down. It says you by your word can define your own reality. It says you shall say there is a lifting up for me. Glory to God. 
and the most powerful thing about that verse is what it says next it says and God shall save the humble person that means it is humility to not resist the word of God it is humility to agree with the word of God even though everybody thinks humility is agreeing with the reality everybody is suffering so let, let me just suffer so that I can be humble with them everybody is expressing a casting down so let me just experience it with them so that they can see and think that I am humble enough humility is choosing to believe what God's word has said that's humility humility is saying even though everybody is experiencing this casting down what does God's word say? I don't choose to have an opinion that is superior to God's word. That's humility. That is, whatever God's word has said, I don't exalt my opinion over and above that word. I submit under it, and I agree with it, and I decree it, and I declare it, and that's exactly what I'll see. Because the Bible says God shall save the humble person. So the humble person sometimes is the one that does not fit in. The humble person is the person who is not trying to fit into the social circle of people being cast down because it looks very humble. While everybody's being cast down, you also say, well, who are we? We are just, you know, helpless, powerless minions in this world. If God does not help us, what can we do? God is waiting on you to decree a thing and for that thing to be established unto you. But you sit down in the name of humility and you accept the reality that the devil is trying to fit you into. Instead of you to stand on your feet, and decree a thing and it be established unto you because guess what the only hope that some of those people sitting in darkness may have is just for one light to shine if you keep saying it is humility for you to sit in darkness with them all of you are doomed to darkness sometimes the most humble thing to do is to get into light so that you can at least give them a possibility of another option but you sit in the dark and you say well this is the reality of everyone there is a crab framework. You know the crab framework? You put them in a bucket. You don't need to cover it. None of them will escape. <laughs> it's a crab mindset. It's a crab mentality. Once one is trying to climb on the others to escape, which should be the plan? The others will drag it down. Say, what, what, what's the meaning of that? We're all here. What, what, what do you mean? You want to escape? Whereas... One person escaping is their only hope of all escaping. Because once that one person escapes, the next person escapes. Even they have enough mass around that bucket, they can push it off. And then all of them get to escape. But while they stay, there is nothing on the external that can push them <laughs> to escape. But you know, ah, we almost enter here, die here. Ah, be humble. How can you be showing difference? Success sometimes is humility. Choosing to be successful against all odds. Sometimes the only way to show other people who would not have made it except by your making it. That it is possible. Success is possible. Staying in that place does not make you humble. It's pride. It's choosing a reality that is not consistent with the will of God for your life. Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. And light will shine upon your own path. God's word is discriminatory. If you don't decree it, it doesn't happen for you. God is waiting for people to plug in into his prophetic word and pull down the reality from heaven on earth. God's word is forever settled in heaven. But will it be settled in your life? It's left to you. Are you framing your world or you are being framed by the world? Are you framing your world 
by the word of God or you are being framed be not conformed to this world in another words be not framed by this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so if you're not framing your world you are being framed by the world you're being framed you're conforming you are form you're getting into that mold that cast that the world has set for you if you are not taking initiative if you're not taking responsibility for what you must do in the year 2022 guess what some person out there has a plan for your life and you will fulfill his plan for your, for, for your life his own plan for your life not god's plan for your life not your plan for your life but that person's plan because you are now fitting into that person's frame he's the one that had plans for you so you just step into it instead of you to get into god's word understand what the will of god is bible says be not unwise but understand that's the highest level of efficiency where you are not walking by sight but by faith and faith begins where the will of god is known it says be not unwise but understanding what the will of god is god's commitment is not to your desires God's commitment is not to your dreams. God's commitment is not to your ambitions. God's commitment is not to your goals. God's commitment is not to your yearly resolutions. God is not committed to that. God is committed to the eternal counsel of his will. To the degree that you are in alignment with that counsel, it is that degree gets committed to you. So one of the smartest things to do is to pray into that will. To pray into that understanding of what the will of God is. Every time you spend attempting to discern the will of God is so, so, it's so valuable. It's so powerful. Instead of just going about bringing out your full scrap sheet and writing 31 goals. Say, these are the things I want to achieve. And say, God, come and bless it. How about you look for what God has blessed and then you do it. How about you look for what God is doing and just do it. The secret to Jesus' ministry success was that he looked at what God was doing and then he did it. The son can do nothing except that which he sees the father do. Jesus was a repeater. For those of you who have repeated before. <laughs> it's okay. Jesus was a repeater. He never did anything the first time. He never innovated. He didn't create anything that was special. Everything he did was copy. Copy ni the father did he just did even to the miracles that was why he would look up to the heavens what is the lord doing right now he's turning stones or rather he's, he's turning five loaves into five thousand that's what i will do he's raising lazarus that's what i will do he's healing the sick raising the dead on stopping ears and mouths that's exactly what I'll do that was the secret of his ministry he discerned what the Lord was doing and then he did it he didn't say what, this, what are the things I want what's my what's my calendar for the year what are the things I, I, I desire to where do I want to go what are the vacations I want then God come and bless it no that's why it works you you fellowship with the father you meditate and then you see what the Lord is doing the speed at which you would achieve your results will boggle your mind because God is motivated about his own agenda you don't need to beg him you don't need to say God come and help no he is motivated about his own agenda all this prayer and fasting begging God to come and see your cries the moments Anna said you need a prophet I give you a prophet now God give her a son immediately 
because now she has connected to the will of God. God had been looking for a prophet all along, but she was looking for a child to pepe penina. So the will did not align. But the moment her will aligned with the will of the father, God needs a prophet for Israel. God gave her a child instantly, five more later. Praise the name of the Lord. Because it's all about his agenda. So 2022 is not about your goals. It's not about couple goals. It's not about career goals. It's kingdom goals. It's kingdom goals. What are the things on the front burner in the agenda of heaven over Nigeria, over your life? What's front burner for God? What are the things he's doing? Those are the things I want to do. John chapter 5 verse 19. Just to repeat what I just said before. Jesus was a repeater. <laughs> he just repeated everything God had done. He never tried to initiate a new initiative, a new agenda, a new purpose, a new ambition, a new dream. Do you know how old his dream was? 4,000 years old. Don't you understand? It started in the Garden of Eden. God had that plan and it took 4,000 years. It was nothing new about it. It was so old. The plan he came to execute, it was so old. As old as 4,000 years old. He didn't add any jot. He didn't add anything. Because even in Revelation, the Bible says anyone who tries to add to this dream, he falls a risk. He is at risk of getting chunked out of the book of life. You don't add, you don't subtract. You just do what God says to do. You commit to him. Your agenda is not that important. I must marry this year 2022. That's not that important. If marriage is connected to that will, you will, you will have to pray about it. Your commitment must be the will of God. And that's why one of the most powerful prayers I pray for people is that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Epaphras labored. We don't have any idea of all his prayer points. But that one thing he said, he said that they may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. This guy labored fervently. Paul speaking. He labored fervently over the people of God. And there was no prayer point that was highlighted except that one. Perhaps that was the only thing he said in the place of prayer. That this people will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And he will pray in tongues some more. And then he will pray that same thing again. Until they stand perfect and complete in all the will of God for their lives. So 2022 is not about you. It's not about your ambitions. It's not about your goals. It's not about your targets. It's about what God has in mind. It's about the counsel of his will. So if you're here with a very long list that does not involve God, tear it, burn it, repent. Ask him, let your will be done. As it is in heaven, let your will be done on earth. Anything that gives glory to him is the only glory you want. You don't want vain glory. Any glory that God is not involved in is called vain vainglory don't strive for vainglory if the glory just spotlights man and God is not involved it's vainglory worms can eat you up afterwards go ask Herod it's vainglory it's vainglory the glory that lasts is the one that is at the center of it we're just privileged to be co-laborers he's the one working we're just providing the materials to work with he's the one working he's the one doing everything we're just privileged vessels that he can flow through that's the perspective we must have Praise the name of the Lord. Hebrews 11:3, Job 22, 28, and 29. God shall save the humble person. Amen. So the Lord has shared with me a specific word that I believe will transform our lives as a people, as a tribe, as communities under God. 
And it's one of the most powerful revelations I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and because it's so specific. It's so specific. All right? It's so specific. Everything in scripture is living. It may have been written thousands of years ago, but it's still very living. The word of God is living and active. If you get into the life of it, you can recreate it in your reality. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing of the son of the soul and the spirit of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is living. So when you find a prophetic word that is inspired by the Holy Ghost in your heart, pay attention to it. God may just be about to rewrite that same story in your life. God may just be about to rewrite a story that existed in the canon of scripture. He just may be about to rewrite it with your name. So the word of God is so powerful. Peter taught several months ago or years ago on desolate heights. So every prophetic word in scripture is a desolate height. It's a real estate in the realm of the spirit. Once you get into that real estate, you can pull it down. And then it becomes a reality in your life and in your own experience. Hallelujah. So the specific word is found in Genesis chapter 49. Amen. Listen, you've got to pay attention. There is something God wants to do in your life in the year 2022. And he wants you to pay attention. Genesis chapter 49. Hi. There is no way we can even start to scratch enough of what God is saying here. We would have to push this till Sunday. But I would just like to just introduce you to the thought. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Listen. More important than giving birth to a patriarch was ensuring you don't die without speaking. I'll say that again. More important to all the patriarchs than giving birth, which is like the preoccupation of most human beings. Ah, I don't have a seed, I don't have a seed. More important than that was to ensure that you don't die without speaking. You don't die without transferring the blessing. Because you can have an offspring or an offspring. If you do not have a blessing over him, he won't last. He won't. It's just as good as not having one. So, knew the significance of pronouncing the blessing they knew that even if they died the verity the power of that blessing will continue to transcend generations after generations so before Abraham died he prophesied he declared the blessing before Isaac died he prophesied he declared the blessing before Jacob died he prophesied and declared the blessing and it's the not arrogance now it's the boldness of Jacob it's the boldness of Jacob he says gather you around my sons let me tell you what will befall you Kai what what kind of audacity is this that from a place of a weak man few moments from death he could control discern define frame generations after him from one moment in time he said come gather around i'm about to literally define orchestrate determine your futures right now what, what, 
What kind of audacity is this? It's the power of the blessing. It's the power of the blessing. He didn't say, I will go into your future, go and meet your boss, tell them not to give you that job. I'll go and meet your father, tell them not to marry your mother. He doesn't have to get into it physically. From that dispensation, he just spoke a word. And that word began to shape, configure, define the lives of all his children. Long after he was dead, the words were still perpetuating. The words were still working. He says, and Jacob called unto all his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall. Forget about your control. Forget about what you can do. You can't avert this one. It falls on you. I'm dead, but this thing falls on you. There's nothing you can do about it. These things will befall. Run anywhere in the world. The words can never be behind you. You will meet it there. It will befall you. Such audacity. Such audacity. This is what Isaac understood. Block all the wells. It does not matter. Something is on my head. Anywhere I go, wherever I dig, water will sprout. I don't care if it's in the desert. Water will sprout. I carry something. Blessing befalls me. Boy, Jacob said, hey guys, what I'm about to tell you, it's going to define all your lives. It will befall you in the last days. And then it begins with Reuben. <sighs> so unfortunate. So unfortunate. He begins with Reuben. He says, Reuben, ah, you are the excellency of my strength. You are the one that I gave birth to first. You are my first seed. You are supposed to be everything I wanted in a man, in a child, in a son, in an offspring. But you went into my wife. You slept with her. You got into sexual sins and immorality. He says, therefore, you will not excel. He says, listen, your men will be few. He says, you are too unstable. He says, you will not excel. Because you went into your father's bed and defiled it. You went up to my couch. Sexual sins is in this category. Check out anyone who has not repented from sexual sins. Instability is their dominant feature. You can't be stable. These curses and blessings are still in force. In order to avert a curse or a blessing, a governing authority higher than the one that pronounced it has to overturn it. If you do not appeal to a higher law, just like we have in the legal system in Nigeria, if the appeal court has done something, uh, you don't like it, you can go to probably the high court. If the high court rules and you don't like it, you can appeal to the Supreme Court. Once the Supreme Court rules, that's all. There's nothing you can do about it again. You just accept your fate. And you move on. When a governing authority over a place decrees or declares a word, it goes into force. Except by another power called the governing authority. Higher than that authority that pronounced that thing. Curses are still in force. Amen. Amen. So when, when Christians become dismissive, it's a lack of knowledge. They're not appealing to the supreme authority. Supreme authority. Just assuming it does not exist. 
Jacob is a governing authority. But guess what? The first thing Moses did in Deuteronomy 33 was to avert this curse over Reuben because Moses was the governing authority over Israel at that time. So he said, the first thing, before I begin to bless the remaining tribes, let Reuben live and not die. Let her men not be few. Because this curse was already perpetuating in Reuben. 430 years it was still lasting. 430 years after Jacob was gone, Reuben was still cursed. His men were getting fewer and fewer. And it was already looking like death was the ultimate end. So Moses, before he began to bless, he said, Hey guys, before I begin to get into the blessing, let me restore this guy. If I do not do this, he will die. His tribe will be forgotten forever. Let Reuben leave, Lord, and not die. Let her men not be few. Let her men not be few. So Jacob set a tone that lasted 430 years until another governing authority averted it. And then he began to bless them. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, all of them. Gad, Dan, Naphtali. Then he got to Jacob, or rather he got to Joseph. And the Lord told me very clearly, he says, this year, the blessing of Joseph is what has been activated over the PowerPoint tribe. That blessing is still alive. The blessing is not dead. Blessings don't die. They don't. They don't die. Balaam wanted to curse who the Lord had blessed. He said, it's too long ago. Maybe the blessing had waned. Maybe that blessing is no longer effective over their lives. He said, curse them for me. Go to seven different mountains. Ah, Balaam tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. He says, oh God, there is no enchantment against Jacob. There can never be any divination against Israel. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, he will do it. If he has spoken it, he will make it good. He will not reverse it. It's blessed forever. And we, after the order of Melchizedek, irreversibly blessed. So the Bible says, or rather the Holy Spirit speaking to me said, the blessing of Joseph is the portal that has been opened over us in this season. The blessing of Joseph. And he calls it, the prevailing blessing. The prevailing blessing. The prevailing blessing. So let me just read through the entire blessing of Joseph and then we will attempt to begin to scratch the dimensions. So if you notice, it was one of our pastors that noticed this. Genesis 49, the blessing on Joseph starts in verse 22. I, did, I didn't know that. Until Pastor Peace brought it up. He notices things like that. He said, Pastor, do you notice this? Verse I said, ah, ah, that's true. Verse 22. So it's no coincidence that we are going into the year 2022. It's no coincidence. Because this blessing is locked up in a code. 22. Genesis 49 verse 22. The Bible says, Joseph. I check all the blessings. They are metaphors. The metaphors, metaphors are powerful. They are elastic. 
Because if he says one thing, then the dimensions of your life are just limited to those specific words. But once you use the metaphor, it can become anything. You can stretch it. <laughs> See, that's why most people don't like those type of prophetic books. Because they are very vague. But that's the only way they can be relevant across dispensations. Because if they are not vague, if they are so specific, a dispensation may never be able to use it. Because it's too specific to a certain generation, century, dispensation. So he uses metaphors that can be stretched across boundaries, across dispensations. So he says, Joseph, so if he had said, Joseph, you're a successful businessman, you know, that, that could have been too limited to his own context. That, oh, yes, you're already the successful businessman. And you have done your work. You have preserved Israel. But the, this blessing is still alive. So he uses metaphors. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Huh. These things are so laden. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well. He says, whose branches run over the wall? He says, the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. He says, but his bow abode in strength. He says, and the hands of his hands, the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the Almighty. That means he was not the one pulling the bow. His hand is on the bow, but he's not the one pulling his hands on the bow. There is another hand on the bow. Bible says his hands were made strong by the hands of the almighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. 25. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the almighty, who shall bless thee with the blessings of the heavens above. He says with the blessings of the deep that lies under. It says, with the blessings of the breasts and of the womb. It says, the blessing, listen to this. It says, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Listen to the limits of this blessing. It says, these blessings have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Prevailed unto the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills he says they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren the blessing on Joseph is the only blessing that entered the New Testament Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 8. By faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place where he should after, after receive for an inheritance. Did I read that right? By faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place where he should after, where he should after receive. Yes. Where he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the hairs with him of the same promise for he looked this is not where I'm looking for sorry good 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 hallelujah verse 21 
Abraham, because I know Abraham came just before Jacob, so 17 is Abraham again. Abraham is scattered everywhere in Hebrews 11. <laughs> Such a powerful symbol in scripture, Abraham. Verse 21 says, by faith Jacob, when he was a dying, <laughs> please hold, when a man is a dying, <laughs> the things he says are powerful. Bible says when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. He had 12 sons. He blessed the 12 of them. How come the only one that made it to the utmost bounds of the New Testament was Joseph? Because that's the blessing on Joseph. It transcends. It's a prevailing blessing. Bible says the only blessing featured in the hall of faith was the blessing upon Joseph. He says, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I don't have the time to exegete on the worship and the leaning on the staff, but it's powerful. It's powerful. And then he began to talk about Joseph. Remember, Joseph also prophesied. Listen, those guys knew that they couldn't die without prophesying. Because once they, once they do not prophesy, they stopped a generational flow. You don't, you continue to speak. The spirit we have is a speaking spirit. That is, they were more, they were more passionate about speaking than distributing inheritance. They were more passionate about speaking than writing a will. Their prophetic words were their wills. He didn't have to say, come sit down, let me give you. Bible says he gave unto Ishmael possessions. And then he gave unto Isaac all that he had. You've never read it before? Let's go there so that you understand. Ishmael, he gave him his possessions. He wrote all the, all the properties in Lekki everywhere. He wrote it. Give it to cars, shares, stocks. Give it to Ishmael. And Bible says when he came to Isaac, he gave him all that he had. So after removing possession, he still had all. After removing possession, he still had all. And the Bible says he didn't give Isaac some of what he had. He may have given Ishmael all his possessions, but that was not all he had. All that he had, he placed it upon Isaac. The blessing. Can you find me that scripture? Gave unto Ishmael possessions. And unto Isaac all that he had. So when a man blesses you, say amen like your life depends on it. Beyond when he gives you something like bread. Huh? He gave unto Ishmael possessions. Quickly please, I, I need help in that regard. Oh dear God. Let's, let's move fast, let's move fast. Have we found it? Genesis 25 what? 5-5. Five, five. 25.5, good. Let's go there quickly, quickly, quickly. From four. <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. Where did he give possessions to Ishmael? Huh? I need us to find it so, so you can see it. Verse six, verse six. Uh-huh. And unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. Abraham gave gifts. Send them away from his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. Gifts. 
those are the things that were shiny. All the things that people would love to have after a man passes on, he gave it to them. That's not the big deal. But unto Isaac, all that he had, all that he had, all that Abraham had was the blessing. That was what made him all that he was. So what he gave was what, what was all that he had, and he gave it unto Isaac. Not unto the children of the concubines, including Ishmael. Amen. Amen. So Genesis 49. So you understand the power of the blessing. So these guys, whoever they blessed was just irrevocably blessed. Esau cried. Say, is there still one more small tashere blessing? Just sprinkle it on my head. He said, it's sorry, I'm sorry. It's gone for life. I have spoken. I can't reverse it. He's blessed. You will serve him, sir. Sorry. He's blessed forever. The blessing. He so cried. He so wailed. He couldn't get it. The blessing. It was a substance. It was something. It, it mattered. It weighed in the scheme of things. So when the Lord is pronouncing such a blessing upon his people, you better pay attention. Because guess what? How did he preserve them in transition to the promised land? God told Moses, he says, these are the words that Aaron will prophesy and speak over the people. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and the Lord give you peace. Those were the substances that preserved the children en route to the promised land. Those were the real things that preserved them. The blessing. So when Nehemiah built the world, the first time he, he didn't credit prophecy. He couldn't fulfill it. Until Zechariah and Haggai, the son of Edo, began to prophesy and bless. And even God credited the building not to brick and mortar, not to architects and builders, not to all those guys. But to the prophecy of Zechariah and Haggai. There is substance to the blessing. It can change your life. It's just that we, we, we discount these things these days. What's, what's the big deal? Eh, the Lord bless you. What's that? No, there's something to it. God bless you is massive if you receive it massively. It's massive. We need to wrap up shortly. Genesis 49. So I, I'll just talk a bit on the first two dimensions of that blessing. Because there's so much in there. Bible says Joseph is a fruitful bough. Bible says even a fruitful bough by a well. Whose branches run over the wall? A bough is like a branch that keeps growing, right? It's a branch. Listen, pay attention to these things. They're important. Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a well. Metaphors are important. It says, whose branches run over the wall? The well is your source. The wall is your resistance. And the well will always be beside the wall. It will always be there. You know, in the year 2022, you will see walls. Walls will be there. Huh? They will be there. But what sponsors your leaping over walls is the depth you have in the well. 
it's a fruitful bow by a well. Focus on the well, not on the wall. If you will focus on the well, you will leap over the walls. If you focus on the wall, you will be too shallow in the well. There is a dimension of growth that is only sponsored by depth. You don't just grow, you go deep first. Those that take root downwards and then bear fruit upwards. That means they must prioritize depth over heights. And who is that well? John chapter 7. Verse 37. On the last day of the feast, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. If any man thirst, let him come. For as it is written, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost, which had not yet been given. Because Christ had not been glorified. It's the same well that Jesus was talking about in John 4. This water I will give you will be in you a well. That springs forth into everlasting life. If you will just be full of the Holy Ghost. If you will just be deep in the Holy Ghost. If you will just pray in the Holy Ghost. If you will just neck your dip your neck deep in the Holy Ghost. If you will just get full of the Holy Ghost. I don't care the height of the walls. I don't care the height of the resistance. You don't analyze walls beside the Holy Ghost. You don't say this thing is huge. This thing is massive. It does not matter. The challenge is your depth, not the height of the walls. If your depth is deep enough, it won't matter the height of the walls. Your bowls will leap over walls. The beautiful thing about that verse of scripture is again that you are not the vine. You are the bow. The bow is the branches. Jesus is the vine. So you see how the word and the spirit combine to give you capacity in the year 2022. Because it says you are a branch. John 15 will give you a full exegesis and a full summary of what God is saying there. You are not the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. And what do you do? You allow the word of God dwelling in you to stay connected to the vine. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. The word of God and the spirit of God. They are the sponsors of your exploits in the year 2022. You are not the vine. You are the bow. You are connected to the vine. The vine is Jesus. He is the word of God. He is the word of God. And Bible says you are planted by a well. That well is the Holy Ghost. It's the combination of the vine and the well. That produces the exploits that the walls will be scaled with. For by my God I will leap over walls. The source of your exploits in the year 2022 will be your commitment to the vine and the well. So this is a year you don't joke with the study of God's word and praying in the spirit. You don't joke with it. It's not a year you analyze walls. Oh. It's not a year you, you write thesis, you write all the papers about all the walls. That's not the point. Let your wells be well dug. Let your root take its root inside of those wells. Forget about the walls. You will leap over them. For every well, there is a wall. For every well, there is a wall. For everything you are trying to build, there will be Sambalat and Tobias. We will do a series on how Nehemiah resisted the resistance. How he did it. Because it's going to be one of the strategies we'll use in this year, 2022. 
Because we are not deceived to assume that God will just create an expressway. There will be resistance. The presence of resistance, remember on Sunday, is a validation of purpose. It does not come to just say, oh, your purpose doesn't exist. It actually comes to validate it. It shows that you're going somewhere to happen. That's why the devil will put roadblocks and hurdles in your front. So the presence of a wall is because there is a well. If there are no wells there, walls will not erect themselves. They stay beside the wells because they know the possibilities beside that well. They know what can come out of that well. If someone will put himself inside the Holy Ghost and get filled in the Holy Ghost with the ideas and innovation that will come into his life. If I do not stand and resist him, what he will do to the kingdom of darkness is going to be serious. So I must erect a well wherever I see wells. I must erect a wall wherever I see wells. That's the strategy of the devil so the presence of walls is not to face you or make you feel like ah hey god how am i going to it every time you see this get excited get excited whenever, whenever they tell you you can't do it get excited because you just go back to your wells and you begin to draw with joy you just begin to draw you just begin to draw from your wells bible says the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. It is a component of this blessing. Resistance is guaranteed. Whatever you intend to do for God's kingdom, it will make you suffer resistance and persecution and challenges and problems. You don't want to hear it. It's the truth. It's part of the blessing upon Joseph. Everywhere he went, he was resisted. He was the blessing upon his head was a blessing upon his head would explore more of this blessing the more you understand that blessing the more you gain insight and perspective as to how to navigate the year 2022 so the first appearance of a wall you're not you're not angry upset asking god silly and stupid questions you just dig deep into your well because you know that that is what will sponsor your overcoming the wall you just dig deep into your well because it's both the vine and the well that sponsors that exploits. The, well, the walls are there. For every well, there is a wall. For every well, there is a wall. But there is a way they come crashing down. There is a way to overcome them. There is a way. There is a blessing of Joseph upon your life. It's called the prevailing blessing. It's called the prevailing blessing. Can we rise on our feet right now? And receive this word by prayers and supplication. For the next one week, put your neck deep into Genesis 49 from 22 to 26. There are five powerful verses of grace. Because five is symbolic of grace. 22 to 20. And then begin to feast. 22 to 26 begin a feast begin a feast wow wow joseph is a fruitful bow that means this year i'm not permitted i'm not permitted to be unproductive i'm not permitted to be ineffective i'm not permitted to be inefficient everywhere i go i produce results i have metrics that are compelling i have results that are astounding everywhere i go i am fruitful fruitful boughs by fruitfulness that's the only way 
that's the only way that's how you identify a fruitful bough by their fruitfulness by their fruitfulness by their fruitfulness Shalakabra. there is a blessing upon Joseph and that blessing has been a desolate height up until this moment right now we get into that real estate in the realm of the spirit and we pull it down we said this year 2022 we enter into the very annals we enter into the very configuration we enter into the very software of this blessing and we bring it to pass we bring it into force in the year 2022 we are fruitful we are fruitful we are fruitful Fruitful bow, fruitful bow, fruitful bow, fruitful bow. Beside a well, glory to God wherever we go, the well goes with us. It doesn't matter how far, the well goes with us. Well is inside her. Wherever we go, the well is inside her. We stir up the gift of God by the laying of the hand of the presbytery. We stir it up. We stir it up. We stir it up. We stir it up. This charge I commit unto thee, Timothy, my son, according to the prophecy that went on before thee, that thou mightest war a good warfare. This is the word of God over our lives this year. We ought to war with it. You don't keep quiet if you're a patriarch. You don't keep quiet. You decree a thing. It shall be established unto you. And light shall fall upon your path. Even when there is a casting down, you shall say, there is a lifting up for you. The prevailing blessing unto the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills the only blessing that prevailed beyond the old testament the prevailing blessing 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 let this blessing befall on me let it befall me let it befall me this year 2022 i operate by the protocol of the prevailing blessing i operate by the protocol of the prevailing blessing for we having the same spirit of faith for as is written i believe therefore have i spoken is speaking if you believe it you will say it you will speak it forth you will declare it life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof none of us is permitted to be unproductive none of us is permitted to be fruitless The walls are there to validate, not to cancel, not to invalidate, not to truncate, but to authenticate. The walls are there to validate and authenticate, not to truncate, not to truncate. If you let the walls truncate, it's because you're not sure of the wells. You are not sure of the wells you carry. The wells are deep. The wells are powerful. The wells are many. The wells are diverse. They are wells of living waters. 
In Jesus' name, we're afraid. Prophecy is God's strategy of creating a pathway on the face of the earth. There is a will of God, but until it enters the mouth of a man, it's not yet prophecy. That man validates and authenticates and authorizes God's move on the earth. Legal move. Without prophecy, God is handicapped on earth. Without people saying what the will of God is, earth will never experience the will. This is how to bring the will of God to bear. It's by prophecy. Prophecy is more powerful than connection. Prophecy is more powerful than money. Prophecy is more powerful than any factor on earth. It's called prophecy. It shall come to pass. It's so powerful. It befalls. He doesn't visit and ask for your permission. It befalls. So there was a prophecy on Elijah that somebody else will come in his spirit and power. Carbon copy. Carbon copy. Both of them suffered insecurities. I'm the only one. Are you the one or should we look for another? Insecurity issues. Both of them could not help themselves from speaking to people in authority. Elijah to Ahab and Jezebel. John the Baptist to Herod and his wife. They are kryptonites where the women in authority. Jezebel, Herodias. Both of them died prematurely because they came by prophecy after the order of themselves. Prophecy conditioned their outcomes. Prophecy framed them. Even if John the Baptist wanted to be somebody else, he had to be strange like Elijah. He had to be ferocious like Elijah. He had to dwell in the deserts like Elijah. He had to be a solo man like Elijah. Everything, including the negative trends in Elijah, he took it because prophecy said he will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Prophecy is powerful. Prophecy is powerful. So when we prophesy, we are framing. We are creating the boundaries of our experiences. We are saying year 2022, you have no permission to step outside of this frame. Joseph is your frame. Joseph's blessing is the frame for 2022. Fruitlessness is cursed in this house. Cursed. So if there's anywhere in your life you're experiencing fruitlessness, not in the year 2022, because Joseph is identified by his fruitfulness. Joseph is a fruitful bow. An unlimitable fruitful bow. You can't limit him. There are walls around him, he will climb over them. Because he that is from above... He's above all things. It's the blessing of Joseph. The prevailing blessing. The one that prevails unto the utmost bounds. What does that even mean? 
the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. Such a beautiful typology. Utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. It prevails. Before you get to United States of America, the blessing is there waiting for you. It's a prevailing blessing. Everywhere you go, Bible says, let this blessing be on the head of Joseph. Upon the crown of him who was separate from his brethren. That's the blessing upon our lives. I'll give you two more minutes to prophesy. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Don't be passive. Don't be a spectator. Engage. Get into the waters. Get into the waters. Decree a thing. And it shall be established. After the order of the prevailing blessing. 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 The Lord sent the word into Jacob. It lighted upon Israel. After the order of the prevailing blessing. After the order of the prevailing blessing. Father, we give you praise. 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 For in Jesus' name we pray. Ah, you prophesy this year. You prophesy. There's power in prophecy. There's power in prophecy. Some people walk by sight and analytics. We walk by prophecy. We war by prophecy. Paul gave Timothy the cheat code. He says, forget all the other things. Discharge, I commit unto thee, Timothy, my son. According to the prophecies that went on before unto thee, that thou mightest by them war a good warfare. What a blessing. Father, we give you praise. And Lord, as we're about to take the communion, we ask that the blessing of Joseph, the prevailing blessing, the one that prevails unto the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. Let it rest upon every one of us. Let it be consolidated in our midst. As we join our members with your members. As we join ourselves with the body of Christ in fellowship, in communion. In the name of Jesus. Let's share the bread and the wine quickly. And let's have the communion quickly, quickly, quickly. Pastors, you need to help here, please. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Park Wayne Tribe.